This is Preggers Can Be Choosers, the fourth and more postpartum support group where we offer peer-to-peer support for each other. We would love to have you join in the conversation live every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? Signed up for text alerts to join us at T-A-P-I-T dot U-S backslash J-D-O-A-5. Are you listening and finding this podcast helpful? Let us know on our Facebook page at Pruggers Can Be Choosers or become a supporter at anchor.fm backslash PCBC backslash support. Need someone to talk to now? The Postpartum International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4PPD or 1-800-944-4773. We love you and you are not alone. Hola, mi gente. It's Row and Two Sisters here at Preggers Can Be Choosers. I'm a local CPM in Houston, Texas. I'm one-third of Preggers Can Be Choosers. <clears throat> My sister, Dr. B, is our mental health advisor, and I don't think she's joining us today. And Mary Bratcher is my practice partner and also a midwifery student. So that's who makes up Preggers Can Be Choosers, and we're a full-spectrum uh, provider group here in Houston, Texas. That's what I know. Um, I'm just back from Marfa from where I was for a week and it was glorious and it's definitely the place that I need to go and that's where I'm heading towards and my five-year plan is to be relocated there so but I'm fresh off the bus from or fresh out of that Tahoe I guess since I drove from Marfa and feeling happy and good and my cat is officially losing her shit up in here so uh, that's what's up over here okay hit me everybody how you doing Hey, I'm Tiffany. Um, I am stay-at-home mom of two girls, um, six and four and a half. We are, uh, you know, in the midst of virtual learning. It's going pretty well with my older daughter. Um, my younger daughter, Willow, just started yesterday and all day it was, I'm not going to school. I don't want to go to school. I'm not going to school anymore. School's not for me. Um, but she's still made it through the classes okay and um, doing all right. We are having a major leak in our house. The sink, there's like pipes in the walls that are leaking down into the walls in the basement and we already had to rip up a whole bunch of carpet and we cannot use our sink right now. So that's a giant pain in the ass. Um, And I'm trying to get Barry like, on top of it to call the home warranty people to get an appointment. But I guess like he wants to try to like DIY or save some money. And I'm like, this is why we have home warranty coverage. Please just call the fucking people. So um, I got to get on his ass about that later. Anyway, that's where I'm at. Hey, I am Maggie. I am a mother of a four and a half year old and a 12 week old. I, this last 12 weeks has blown by like an insanely fast. Um, uh, where am I at? I am like uh, dabbling in some actual postpartum depression. Mm. Dipping my toes in, if you will, uh, not willingly. Um, just, I think my body and my mind is finally decompressing after us moving three times this year. Uh, all of us having COVID, having a baby, having like a bunch of complications during the pregnancy, and then having this beautiful boy, and then moving again. So I think that now that we're finally settling in, my brain is like, okay, now you can stop with the fight or flight adrenaline and I think the wave of emotions that are just hitting me are making me like I freaking man I I cried so much last week it was insane um but Sunday I went out uh my dad took us out on his boat which was really nice and like relaxing and just 
I was able to like get some peace of mind and then um, I woke up yesterday and today full force and have been getting back to my routine and getting everybody who is in our home back on a routine. So, um, you know, when I wasn't feeling so good last week, I definitely reached out and made um, some people aware just so that I just, just to be smart about it. So that's where I'm at. Hey, I'm Caitlin. I have a six-year-old and an almost three-year-old, and yeah. Hi, I'm Sam, and I'm a hot mess. I'm trying to get my camera to sit correctly. I'm on my bed. I just poured half of a Yeti cup of water into my bed, so now I have this perfect perch finally set up, and I am sitting in ice-cold water. Cheers. <laughs> hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk, afterbirth style. Bev says that she's trying to get the baby to sleep, so she's not going to be voicing very much right now, but Bev's with us, and um, I'm always happy to hear what Bev has to say, and I tried to get Lauren to come on with us. She's the one that I posted the video of her having the baby last week, but um, she just got some real terrible news, and their family's trying to scramble and uh, create care plans for her uh, for her grandmother, so sorry, Lauren, that you can't be with us, but we're um, going to just be sending some love in our hearts and our minds to you and your grandmother, okay? Caitlin, you want to, uh, Caitlin with a C? Yeah, hi. I'm new. Kathleen told me I had to come. Um, I have three kids. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a four-week-old today. And um, with the five-year-old and the three-year-old, we had, like, really significant nursing challenges, but I was able to push through with both of them and really make it work. Um, like the first one, she was dairy, soy, gluten, nut, egg intolerant, and I ate the same three meals for 11 months and taught her how to use her tongue, and she had a tongue tie, and the second one, like, left me with open wounds and had a tongue tie, and we nursed for 14 months, and um, this baby doesn't want to nurse, and I don't know why that is. Like, I... Uh, he doesn't want to suck. He has a really weak suck and he doesn't seem like consoled by sucking. Um, and so I can't like train him the way I did my first. And um, I spent like two weeks triple feeding and using that tube. Um, and we went and took him yesterday to get his tongue tie cut and nothing's really different. Um, and I know it's not supposed to happen right away, but with the other two it did. Um, and so I'm basically now like pumping and uh, Googling formulas, which I don't like, I, you know, I always just thought to myself, all it takes is hard work. And, and I would never have to do that. So I'm, you know, not really having the best go of it this time around. We your people, Caitlin. We are your people. Thanks for coming to group today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bev, are you going to introduce yourself or no? Yeah, she's not taking a nap, so I gave up. Um, I'm Bev. I have four kids, and um, I have been right where you are, Caitlin, so I just want to say I'm sorry, and um, yeah, my, my fourth was she did not want a nurse, and I got her tongue tie and lip tie taken care of and it still just didn't work out so I know how heartbreaking that is after having you know troubles and successfully like getting through them the first few times and then I'm just sorry just do what you need to do and you are not failing 
How old is your youngest? She's almost a year now. And did you use formula or did you pump for her? I used formula and I ended up like at first I felt like shit about it because I had never formula fed before. Um, but then I realized like that's just what we both needed and I was totally okay with it, you know, after realizing that. And um, I suffered from pretty bad postpartum depression and uh, I know that that had something to do with it but at, at some point I just had to accept it and move on and say you know this baby's gonna be fine and I'm doing my best so yeah she was formula fed I'm trying to do that I just didn't think this is where my road was gonna end you know I'm going to hop on here as a provider. I don't know if you know that part, Caitlin, but I'm a midwife. So my goal yeah, for anybody... Yeah, you've, you've massaged me. You massaged me with my first. Okay, okay. So, well... No offense, you... I just couldn't afford you. <laughs> that is okay. Like, repeatedly. So, but as a provider perspective, if I can get a month of nutrition from breastfeeding into a baby, I'm so happy. And I think that sets the tone as far as getting that good colostrum and that good, like, I'm just all about it. So somebody who's breastfed, first of all, past three days is a win. And then four weeks, total win. And I always say to my patients, I want them to do a year, but I'm really hoping for three months. And if I can even have a month, I'm so happy. So from a provider level, I think you've met some basic goals. And I'm, um, you know, like, so the, the most important things as a provider that I would want in that baby from you have already happened. Okay. And I'm not your provider. I, I want to be clear about that. But meeting some basic goals with breastfeeding, you've done those things. So I think the rest of the part is letting yourself off the hook. The other thing is that there's a really good service here in Houston that will bring the formula to you. And it's some like high-end bougie formula that you can mostly you had to like smuggle out of Germany, which I've totally had patients do before. So it's a really I'm ahead of you. Okay, so you got that part. Okay. Just resource offering. And I'll put that link into the show notes for those who are going to listen later um, to this as a podcast. I just want to second everything that Bev said. Um, I feel you because I have also been there with uh, my second baby. Um, I breastfed my first daughter to 18 months and it was hard. She had a, um, a tongue tie that we did revision with a um, SLP, speech language pathologist. So I was massaging her lips and her gums and her tongue and getting her to, you know, figuring out our positions and things like that. And it was hard. And I convinced myself that everything would be different with Willow, with number two. And it was, but it was the complete opposite of my dream of easy breastfeeding. Um, Willow had a tongue tie that went undiagnosed. Pretty, pretty sure, like we took her to see one when she was a few days old, but the doctors were like, no, she doesn't have one. And my mom brain was like, yes, she does. Why isn't she nursing? Why does this hurt so much? Why is she screaming? Um, and it was, it was just, it was really hard to accept that I couldn't feed her the way that I wanted to. And I wound up um, doing formula that was free through WIC. So we just went like straight Similac and it was beneficial for her to be able to bond with um, my husband, for my older daughter to see, to be able to see Willow taking a bottle, to be able to participate in that. Um, even though you might not be feeding your baby right now the way that you want to, you're still feeding her. And I'm sorry, or him, I'm not sure. Um, and so like, you know, there's a lot of breastfed is best, but you know, fed is best. There's, 
your baby's still eating and you're doing the best you can. And I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. It's so difficult. And there's so many people that just don't understand or don't have the experience. And it can be difficult to even convey what you're feeling or what's going on. And, you know, we're here for you. I um I just hopped on, so I'm assuming we're talking about breastfeeding and the journey yeah. of it. Um, I have four kids, and my first two breastfeeding was breastfeeding was hard the first two weeks of my first one, mostly because I was first time mom and had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I had great support. I got through it, breastfed my daughter and my two daughters for a long time and it was great. And I thought, this is awesome. This is easy. Um, I'm blessed to have this journey with these kids. And then my son came and my son was fine. And then, um, I knew he had a tongue tie. They told me that. And, um, it hurt the first two weeks. And then I was like, well, let's just see, because I didn't really want a revision. I, I didn't want to go through that personally and uh, mentally. I was not in a good state and I didn't want to deal with that healing process and the exercises and all of that um i knew that i would be a wreck doing that and so i decided not to do it and so he got stronger he got better with breastfeeding and then at three months he regressed and it was awful and he was screaming at me at the breast and like arching his back and you know not satisfied getting pissed off at me um it was, it was really hard figuring out what was going on because I also didn't know I was pregnant at the time. So that kind of sucked. But um, I remember like just like beating myself up because I really wanted to breastfeed him and I didn't want to give up. But I needed to let go of that um, in order to be better mentally myself because I was kind of on this high horse of myself, not with anybody else, but like I was on a high horse, like breastfeeding, I've done breastfeeding with two of my children. I'm gonna breastfeed my third and I'm gonna continue to breastfeed, but that wasn't his journey. And so I had to let go of that. And when I did let go and I got, I'm on, I gave him like Holly, um, which is that German fed or breast, I mean, German formula. Um, or hop. Was it hop? Hoppy? I forget. Anyways, it was one of those, the German one. And then I also did like Earth's Best. Um, and once I let go of what I couldn't control, I felt better and he was happier and I was happier. Um, and it was kind of nice in, in a way, like a blessing, I suppose, in, in disguise because everyone got to feed him. Like he got to be bottle fed by everyone in my family. My daughters got to do it. Um, my husband got to be more a part of the feeding, um, as well as the grandparents. So, you know, we all have our own stories and your story is no different. It's, it's a struggle. It's a process and it's something that you will conquer, um, you know, it's it's part of our past now and it will be a part of your future and past and you know that you know we're all here to support you in this you're not alone and it's okay to let those feelings out and it's okay to cry about things now and and you know work through those those emotions if they're all valuable and they're all real okay Keisha, do you want to introduce yourself or have anything to weigh in on breastfeeding? Okay. Um, hi, I'm Keisha. And um, I chose to breastfeed as well. And uh, I didn't realize how uncommon it was among, I guess, like younger adults because everybody's super surprised about me breastfeeding. 
um um especially like when I just like whip it out and I'm like you know my my kid is hungry um and I don't have a blanket to cover myself you know um so like that's just the only um like about that part that's the only thing that has like um been like an issue with me with breastfeeding um like also producing the amount of milk that I want to produce so that I could go back to work um I've been like really lazy on that I don't really understand how to work that machine and it's really complicated for me um I also feel like I don't like the machine it doesn't make me feel like a human but um I've gotten like asked to cover up a lot lately um because I've been going like out to eat or um I'm like waiting for an appointment somebody asked me to cover up so I just uh I was like oh at first I would cover up the one I've gotten bold one time uh, which was like the last time I just somebody asked me to cover up and I was just kind of like, oh, no, thank you. And then they just kind of sat there and stared at me. And I was like, but thank you for asking though. And like, because no, like he's hungry. So that's my thing. Um, just like being bold and being like, okay, like you guys are upset that my baby's eating. Um, that's the only thing that I have had issue with breastfeeding people that don't like breastfeeding and people's stupid opinions that's what i have a problem with so i actually met a woman on friday who does not want to have children um she's in her mid to late 30s um and she just openly was like Kids are cool. I'm so glad you have them. You have beautiful kids. All these kids around here are beautiful. I don't want them. I want nothing to do with them. She had five dogs with her that were all like really well behaved and they were literally like her children. But she asked me, because I was around a big group of people and I went and sat in the corner to go feed Tyke. And she was like, why are you sitting in the corner? I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, sitting out of the way so the baby doesn't get distracted and so that I'm not like offending anybody. I'm not like, I, I wear the, the boob shirts. So it's like the, the, the double thing. But she was like, yeah, well, why are you sitting in the corner? And I was like, I, you know, just, just didn't want to distract the baby. Didn't want to get in anybody's way. And she was like, she just got all up in hand. She was like, if anybody here says anything to you, you about you nursing, I'll go after them. She was like, you're doing the best thing for that baby. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, as long as he's eating, he's eating. But it was, it was, it was funny how I had, again, Keisha, the polar opposite experience that you did. You might be covering your volume button. We can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. No. Yeah. You had it covered. Okay. Um, I was going to say, Caitlin, you, you let out those big feelings, girl. That's, that's, thank you for coming today. That's what, that's what this group's about. And I want to say same level of coverage. Like if somebody's sitting in the corner nursing or um, feeding their baby from a bottle, woe to some fucking person who comes up and gives them hassle, like saying breast is best or whatever, you know, like that's your child. You feed however you, you decide best for you and your family and somebody laying their opinion, whether breast is best or bottle is best or whatever, it's going down. I'm here, you know, and that's part of the platform here is preggers can be choosers, right? Like try it, see what happens. And I gotta say, pumping sucks, Keisha. Pumping is like, it makes you feel inhuman. It makes you feel like you are, you're like being, you're obviously, you're being milked and, and not in a fun way. And um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, cool, this is, this totally sucks. And then you've got to clean all the parts 
and cleaning all those parts is like also like fuck like this this isn't it's it's sometimes the amount of cleaning that has to go into those little itty bitty crevices is like really discouraging um so caitlin i hear you're still pumping write yourself love notes on those bottles when you're writing the date and how much they are you know two ounces to freedom or two ounces of sleep or something you know silly like that I, every time i have 40 or four ounces i wrote four ounces to freedom just to to keep keep yourself encouraged because that's what we have to do i just don't think i can do that long term i mean i'm just every three hours sitting there pumping and i don't feel like you know i'm not even getting four ounces at this point because he never had a great latch to begin with i'm getting three max and i just like i don't i don't know how i can do this long term you know everybody's in the house i have my other kids i have to hold him he still needs to eat it's double or triple the time you know so i just like you know like rowan said i would love to make it to three months but i don't think i have that in me Today is a good day to stop. I said I would try for a week to see if he would latch with his new tongue. So I'm going to try for a week. All right. We're all nodding. For those who are listening later, we're all looking at each other on uh, Brady Bunch style here on Zoom and uh, all nodding and supporting and down. And that's okay. Whatever you want to do, that's what we're here for. Uh, that's exactly why I, I couldn't pump was because I've never, with any of my babies, I've just never been a great pumper. Like, doesn't matter what kind of pump I'm using, just not a lot of milk comes out. But especially with the last one who had a terrible latch, I was sitting down for an hour at a time and getting like two ounces. And I was like, this is not, you know and my nipples were fucking bleeding and it was just horrible. Like I was, this is, this is going to take way more of a toll on my mental health than, you know, formula is going to take on her health. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that was why I made that decision. And I also wanted to say, if you want to take another week to try and figure out like if this is going to work, cause you might not be done. There is a chance that if you give it another week, it might work out. But if it doesn't, then let yourself, you know, give yourself like that time limit and say, if it doesn't work out within a week, then I'm going to let myself let this go. I just wanted to add also that uh, with my fourth, the fourth child, yeah, uh, her uh, tongue tie revision took three weeks um, post-surgery to get her to a good place. I'm not suggesting that you push yourself to three weeks. I'm just saying that if you give yourself this one week and things aren't quite where you want it to be and you decide that um, for your sanity and your baby's well-being and your well-being that formula is what um, is best for you guys, and I totally support that, then um, that's great. But also, if you get to that one week mark and you feel like maybe you can do another week, uh, that it might take a little more than a week. I don't know what your doctor said, the one who did the revision, um, but for me, it took three weeks for my daughter to get the use of her muscles and her tongue back to the way that they needed to be, or to the way but they needed to be in the first place. Did she suck to begin with? No, she had a very poor latch. She had tongue tie and a lip tie. Um, we did not end up revising both. Um, but I produce a lot of milk and that was my saving grace. Um, so my letdown when it happened, I would like shoot liquid down her throat. And so she didn't really have to suck. Um, so it just kind of, she just swallowed. Um, and, and I know that doesn't, that doesn't work out for everybody. She had a really poor latch. She like wouldn't 
pluck on a finger or um, anything like that. And I don't know how much of a difference this makes, but we ended up doing the laser revision. And I know that there are a couple of options and I don't know how the healing works differently anymore. She's six now, so I, I don't remember all of the details of what we looked into for the differences and, and how the healing might be different. She's huge. <laughs> so that was just my sense on this topic. Um, with my second, I had a huge oversupply, so I don't know if you've looked into donor milk. It might help take the pressure off if that's something you're comfortable with. There's a couple of groups in Houston, um, Eats on Feets and Human Milk for Human Babies. That's where I found one of the moms um, that I donated to for eight months um, as, as an option just to take the pressure off while you decide what you want to do. I think he has an intolerance. Um, he had some really foul smelling diapers that were mucusy. Um, uh, I don't even know how long ago now, um, after I ate either eggs or ice cream. Um, and so, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, I've, I've donated to people on Facebook before, but I just, you know, with, with the intolerance added aspect of it. Uh, I think there's another one. I think it's like Houston Milk Trade or something like that. It's a smaller group. Um, but uh, there's two moms on there that I know have donated that have food allergies also. So it's not, you know, you could always, hey, I need dairy-free donors, anybody interested. And I actually used to, um, with my firstborn, I had an undersupply. Like I just wasn't, my milk was blue, like clear blue watery. You know how milk can do that? You know what I'm talking about? Um, and I was not producing a ton. So in order for me to like start building up my diet better, I needed to get some donor milk. And this mom, I traded her diapers. She was like, I don't want to sell it, but if you can get me, you know, a case of diapers, that'd be awesome. So I was like, yep, Amazon sent to your house. Um, and I met her somewhere like, I think it was like Green, Greens Point Mall, which is 45. It, I, it was not close to my house. But um, there are there are people out there who also have babies who have you know allergies and it's totally a thing you could totally look at um, if you want most of my milk was yeah if you want my milk was also dairy free because i personally can't have dairy so um yeah. mom intolerances were part of my thing too it's just it's another option to look into if you wanted to or throw it out there and see if there's anything comes back if that's something you want to look at when did your baby have his tongue tie corrected? Uh, yesterday. Well, he had it corrected in the hospital at 12 hours. Um, and then we had it lasered yesterday. We had to do it twice with my second as well, but she, um, she always was a vigorous eater. And so, she was causing me pain but she was sucking and then she caused me open wounds <laughs> um and then like a three-week course of thrush but um do you, you, know, do you with, take with, him for adjustments also yeah we're going for another one today okay i think just the difference is like with the other two they were comforted by sucking like i you know, had at least a low supply with my first because of all the issues and not knowing any better, but I could take naps with her and put her on the boob and, and basically she would eat for two hours straight, you know, and it would like really bring my supply up. And that's how we made it so long. Um, and with the second one, I had so much milk. Um, I would pump after I put her to bed and I would get four ounces. Um, you know, and that was after we would like cluster feed at night, you know. Um, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't do any of that, like any of that behavior. Like he doesn't, um, 
he doesn't really suck for comfort. He doesn't really like a pacifier. Like he'll suck a little bit and then be done. Um, and he doesn't, um, yeah, he just, he doesn't do any of that. So I feel like all of that combined just really made me think that it's just not in the cards. And but that's it is okay. It's a kind of a perfect storm. I want to say that. I want to acknowledge that that is kind of a perfect storm that's going down here. I'm going to throw out two things here that help with, oh, sorry guys, the cat. I'm going to throw out two things here that help for those who are listening later. I think everybody who's on the group right now knows these things, but for those who are listening later as a podcast, making sure that your hydration is on point. So getting as much fluid into you as possible because milk production is super impacted by how much fluids. So even watery fruits and those types of things will help with the water content and help you with your production. And then also being upset decreases production. So the more upset that somebody is, and this is not a way to blame or whatever, but the milk production happens with oxytocin, right? Especially the letdown. So watching a movie that makes you feel happy or yummy or good, or of course I always like to watch elephant swimming on YouTube. That's my go-to for everything. In a bad mood, elephant swimming, that's what's going on. So um, watching something that's warm and happy will help with milk production and I used to have this group called Labor Whispers, and I'll probably revive it. And it was where I was training folks for like a soft skill set for labor support. And one time I was doing a, a group, like I think I was doing a training, and two people were pumping at the same time. And they were concerned. They're like, oh, should I go in the other room and pump? And I'm like, hell no, come on. And so we were talking about labor and birth and support. And these women like had milk like squirting out of their boobs, like that they'd never had before. And they both like pumped in a record amount of time and they're like oh and they were looking at each other and the little squeak 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 of the machine you know and like it was incredible watching how them looking at each other and then all of us loving up on them created this huge production flow so um and that you know so strategizing where to be safe and happy while you pump just like you would strategize to be safe and happy while you feed your baby will help production okay so these are just two tips they're not cure-alls they're not and they're certainly not accusations that you're not doing these things, Caitlin. I'm just throwing that out for folks who might be listening later and needing support on how to up production. Rowan, I'm curious if you would, as a midwife, recommend things like um, the mother eating brewer's yeast and fenugreek and flaxseed. Like I've heard through mom groups when I was breastfeeding that all of those things, if you eat them, will help your milk supply. As a midwife, would you recommend that to a patient of yours? Sure, those lactation cookies are good and uh, mother's milk tea, I hand that out all the time because they send those samples to the birth center. So I hand those out to everybody. So yeah, mother's milk tea and lactation cookies and any of the things that you can like kind of read up online that are nutrition ways to support, I'm all about those. So good thoughts there, Tiff. I just want to say, as a, not trying to change the subject, but I haven't been on in about a month and I'm really feeling, feeling the love here today, guys. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to narc you out. Maggie, last week, what should I be doing for my postpartum depression oh i don't know maggie maybe come to the group that we made just for this purpose that's free that you've been a part of for like you know six months okay sarita tell me how you're doing because you haven't texted me in a while um i'm okay i've been in a lot of pain i was supposed to go see a chiropractor today but due to the flooding out here it's not happening but Last night was horrible. I hated it. I hated it so much. Remind us how many weeks you are, Sarita. I will be 36 weeks Friday. 
Right on, right on. Sam, how many weeks are you? Sorry, I'm still trying to navigate this whole thing. Um, I am 22 and a half weeks, um, but since I consistently birth at 37 weeks, we only have like 14 and a half weeks to go, probably. Um, since this is baby number six, and I've so far birthed all five babies prior at 37 weeks, I feel like maybe I'm jinxing myself, but I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what my body does, and I'll probably end up having a baby on New Year's Day, which I think is totally cool, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm on board for that. This is my belly. You want to see it? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Everybody in the family has been able to feel the baby moving and um, it's actually exciting because for a long time, I kind of felt like I was imagining the whole thing. Um, but then like right at 21 weeks, I think, I was like, this baby is really strong. Someone put your hand on my belly. I know you'll be able to feel this. So one by one over the weeks and everybody was able to feel the baby move and that's really nice. Enough that. What did you decide to do provider-wise? Um, we found a midwife. Um, we actually hired a midwife and then switched to another midwife. Um, and the reason why we ended up going with the first midwife in the first place is because she does all home prenatal visits. And it's really important to me to have all of the kids uh, be able to participate in the prenatal because, you know, they, they're going to be at the birth. And I feel like this isn't my pregnancy. It's our pregnancy. So um, I, I, it was really important for all of them to be able to participate and hear the baby's heartbeat and see measurements and stuff like that. Uh, so we went with that midwife, but we weren't 100% sold on her. Um, it's just that the midwife that we really liked didn't do home prenatal. And we couldn't, because of COVID, bring the kids to the birth center for um, the visit. So uh, I spoke with her again, and I was like, is there any chance that you're willing to, you know, like, bend a little bit? Because we're literally five minutes away from the birth center. I was like, you know, maybe we could just be the last visit of the day or something. You just come here on your way home. And she was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, so we were like, okay, fine. And we just switched providers right over to her and she's been great. And I think I found a doula. She is an Ayurveda, um, practitioner and a yoga instructor. And she's a hypnobirthing instructor and she's totally hippie and she makes her own ghee and tinctures. And I'm like, you are exactly my people. That is exactly who I want at my birth. So and um, we just have to sign a contract with her. And then hopefully I can find some way to um, make some money to be able to hire a birth photographer. Um, and then I'll have everybody for the birth team set up. And we picked out a name, I think, yesterday. Um, sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking, you guys. I don't get a lot of interaction with adults. <laughs> Someone mute me or something if I'm going too far. Where, um, where are you? Are you located in Houston? Not anymore. Oh, she okay. I was going to say, I know a birth photographer here who does really low rates. And oh. I was going to suggest oh. her to you, but just kidding. <laughs> we actually moved to Dallas um, at the end of January, and that's why I have to find a midwife because obviously my whole birth team is back in Houston. Rowan, I miss you. Um, so that's that. I'll stop talking now. I was trying to remember, don't you have a kid named Autumn too? Or no, you have a couple of kids that their names are kind of similar to that. Cause Sarita's name and her baby Autumn and then Bev has an Autumn, but do you have an Autumn too? I have, um, Zeven is the oldest. That's not the name I chose. Um, but then, uh, Eva, Ivy, Fern, Willow, Shale, Bear, Shell Bear Fenrir, and then um, 
Jacob is my bonus son, but I don't really get to have much of a relationship with him because he lives with his mom in Georgia. So we see him about once a year. Um, and then for this baby, Fern really wanted to name it Rainbow Cupcakes. And I was like, yeah, I don't really hate this name at all. <laughs> and everyone else was like, no, no. And I'm like, really? Because I really like Rainbow Cupcakes. And they're like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, so we were going to go with Winter Birch, which I also really like. Um, but then yesterday, we had a surprise visit from some hippie friends from Houston on their way to Colorado. They're driving uh, both of their families together up to Colorado. So they drove past our house and stopped and had a picnic lunch in our front yard with masks on and everything. And it was the first people that I've seen, like other than the cashier at, at my once a week grocery store trip to make up for the things that they don't have at the uh, curbside pickup in seven months i haven't seen another human being that i know face to face in seven months and i just burst out crying and it was very emotional and wonderful and i loved it and uh, we were talking baby names and tara reed you i think you probably know her she's a, a placenta encapsulator in houston and she was like well what about if you combine winter birch with rainbow cupcakes and name it winter rainbow and i was like oh that's it that's the name so they're gonna have to talk me out of it if they don't agree with it because so far i don't care if it's a boy or a girl we're naming it winter rainbow um that's my story <laughs> where are you located uh, we live in Arlington. Well, it's a little tiny, literally like one mile by one mile town uh, in South Arlington. Um, there's a really great photographer called Milk and Hannah, but she's out of Ohio, but she travels. It sounds like it's outside of my budget. It's outside of mine too. Yeah. <laughs> I did she's really, really good. <laughs> I did find a, a documentary style birth photographer who I really liked uh, her work. She only takes three or four clients a year and she just so happens to have openings for my birth time. And she does a um, really cool thing where she'll create like a, a website just for you that you can post links to you know, your family and friends and they can pitch in toward your um, your birth photography and all that money will go towards her. And I'm like, this is a great idea. The only thing is most of our family doesn't even know we're pregnant. None of Kim's family knows we're having a baby and only my mom and sister on my side know that we're having a baby. And then a few select friends that are in uh, a small group out in Houston know. So, I don't know how to do like a fundraiser without telling people what it is. I don't know, so I'll figure it out. I'm interested to see that level of um, fundraising though, if you could give me a link to that, because I think that's a way to get midwifery achievable for a lot of folks who, um, you know, cause I used to say that all the time, Caitlin, uh, I don't know if you ever heard me say this, uh, Caitlin with a C that, if people wanted, like, cause I used to sell midwifery packages or excuse me, massage packages. And so I used to always make it like, tell your mother-in-law who wants to help, like, this is what you most need for your body and this baby and all that. So, um, so I'm really interested and in, I've always been, and you know, I'm a chronic social entrepreneur, but I'd like to make midwifery care or doula care more accessible for folks. So I'd like to see what that platform is if you'd uh, be down with sharing it. And I can also put in the show notes and that's good uh, exposure. Absolutely. I will, um, after this is all done, because I don't think I can do more than one thing on my phone at a time, me personally capable. I'm sure my phone is capable, but I don't have that. <laughs> so um, when this is over, I will go to her website and pull up the link on that part that has the fundraiser and I will message it to you. I'll write that down. Can we okay, look Sarita, oh, so the last few times you've been in group that I've been in group, you're driving. Where are you going? 
Well, I'm heading to work. I just dropped my babies off at the sitter. Um, I do home health care, so I'm going to go do that. I'm always in the car, yeah. <laughs> Can we as a group, um, just to support Caitlin and each other, have there been things that you've struggled with, especially postpartum, that felt so fucking big, where other people were like, you know, just feed the baby formula, who cares? But it was such a big emotional journey or process to get to a place of completion where it feels super big and other people didn't feel like it was big. And then later on, we still recognize that it was big and it was just a piece that we had to navigate. Is there anything besides breastfeeding that's brought that same set of feelings up for you guys during a postpartum period? Leaving my baby with somebody. Um, I have like, uh, I we've talked about it before. Like I had a problem with boundaries. Um, like Maggie definitely was talking about that too when we were talking about it um, and I mean, talking about the milk thing, maybe I did, I don't want to like now thinking about maybe I don't want to produce a lot of milk and I use that as an excuse because I don't want to leave the baby with somebody. Um, I don't even want to leave the baby with my mom. I think um, I left my baby with my mom for five hours and that was like the second time I've left him with her since he's been born he was born on fourth of July and um like I'll go over there and I'll be like hey you can see the baby but I'll stay and even it's an overwhelming thought to I know I have to go back to work because I'm a single mom my girlfriend helps me a lot with the baby but I don't want to leave him. I don't know why it's so hard. I just think somebody can't, like, I think something's going to happen or, like, they're going to not hold him right or he's going to be crying and they don't know what to do. And it's not a big deal, but in my head, it's a huge deal. And I wish that I could be I wish that I could be a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> but I can't, you know, um, and then with COVID and my, like, financial situation, like, of course, like, the government helps, like, yeah, but then you have to find a person, and nowadays, like, people, not nowadays, people are crazy, like, all the time, it's just coming out more, like, do I want to leave him, and I feel like I'm, you know, with the, I, you know, my profession, like working with sex trafficking, it's more real to me. And I'm like, feel like everybody's going to try to sex traffic my child. Like, I don't know why, but that's been a big thing. I just want to take them everywhere. Like you can go back in and I can just have the belly and just take them everywhere. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of, because now we live towards my family and my family is very overspoken. Um, you're leaving him on your boob too much. He's not eating long enough. You're why you're not feeding him long enough. Why are you taking him off? It, you know, it's like, you can't like, I can't win. Like it's, and my dad's just like, you're, you're being too hard on your body. You're stressing yourself out by breath by breastfeeding you should just give him formula and I'm like cool thanks like do you want to get do you want to help me here's my cup of water you can go fill it up or I'll take this as a snack instead of being instead of even arguing with them like I just distract him with like cool this is how you actually can help me by getting me food or helping me while I'm nursing so that when I'm fucking starving and I'm sitting here with a baby attached to my boob I can somebody's taking care of me you know what I mean? Like help, help me take care of me so that I can take care of this little monster. 
So that's been a really big hiccup being around my family because I literally for probably maybe like just the first couple of weeks we were here with every fucking day was like, you should just give them formula. You should just give them formula. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I'm, I'm capable. Like I was having a really hard time. I was really stressed out and my fucking supply dropped and I'm slowly getting back to what it needs to be. Um, and sleeping. Sleeping is like my fucking battle. Like I'm always so goddamn tired and I need to take naps and, you know, making sure I'm getting enough sleep. So, cause that affects your supply also. There's all these factors that go into what's going to affect our bodies and how it's going to affect our babies. So I just, finally I said, fuck it fuck everybody just trying to tell me what to do and tell me how to feed this kid and said if I need to end up giving him formula I'm gonna give him formula but right now I'm just gonna keep fucking hustling and waking up every three or four hours and feeding him and if I put him down and he throws everything up and needs to eat again guess what we're gonna do and we're gonna sit here and look at Instagram at four o'clock in the morning and read all about all these cool sustainable people who live out in the middle of nowhere and like tribes but they're like not I don't know that's my thing so that's been a battle sleep is number one battle for me I don't sleep enough but that's yeah yep I wanted to chime in and agree about the bigness of leaving your baby with someone else. When my second daughter was born, my second child, I, her, her birth was a hospital birth and it wasn't a traumatic birth itself, but um, we were separated immediately postpartum for no reason whatsoever she was perfectly healthy i was perfectly healthy and they took her and i didn't get to see her for hours afterwards and that really impacted um my recovery um yes um it really impacted my recovery and how i felt about leaving my kids with other people i didn't even want her dad to take her two houses down for three minutes to show her off to the neighbors when we got home from the hospital. I cried the whole time. This is Emo. She only wants to be my friend when it's inconvenient. I am on Facebook. If you, if you are on Facebook, I'm responding to that little thing. I don't know how to chat. I don't know how to chat. I'm here. Sorry. Okay trying to interrupt you i was just writing it for later we have um a facebook group that we like kind of keep things going later caitlin if you're on facebook and i'm looking actively to switch the platform because i think this group is going to blow up pretty hard so we might be moving on to our own platform but right now we're just kind of staging on facebook and facebook also like somebody said if you know facebook was a country it'd be north korea so nothing on there is <laughs> safe or sacred or whatever um but so that's where we are right now and we're just not going to beat ourselves up it's kind of like breastfeeding or whatever right now fuck it we're here and when we can do better we will do something different so um so caitlin with a c are you on facebook you can just nod yes or no and if you're not we'll go to plan b whatever that looks yes i'm on facebook Alrighty, my loves, we're right at the end here. So now what we normally do is just, uh, right now what we do is we unmute ourselves and we tell each other that we love each other. And for those who don't know, Maggie, you're just texting me privately instead of messaging oh, me I privately, everybody. <laughs> texting the group, my bad. 
it's it's okay it's all technology so we'll just unmute ourselves we'll tell each other that we love each other and we'll see you next week i'm going to launch this up in a podcast and then i post that in our facebook group or it's also on anchor under preggers can be choosers and i'll make sure that kathleen has that too caitlin in case you need it and caitlin i just want to say i appreciate you hopping on here and you didn't know us and you just like really let yourself be vulnerable and open and i appreciate that because sometimes it doesn't always feel safe to be in a group and um you came here and I hopefully hopefully you got what you needed so I just appreciate everybody being here and loving up on each other and the vulnerability and the showing upness and Maggie way to get back in the game and uh here we are so unmute ourselves and tell each other that we love each other or whatever works for you and I'll see you next week love you guys love you, Hi, love, you guys. love you Bye. <laughs> bye, bye my love have a great day. bye everybody are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks that's www.preggers.rocks and we'll see you Tuesday at 11am central time oh thank you